You are listening to The Exchange with Joy and Katie, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passion with purpose and to make an impact. Advancing the kingdom everywhere. We love to chat with inspiring people to exchange ideas on how we can live radical, Jesus-centered lives on Monday through till Saturday, as well as Sundays. Hi, you're listening to Joy and Katie hosting an exchange of ideas with people who understand that their workplace is their mission field and their Monday to Saturday is their ministry. We're talking to ordinary, everyday people who apply their skills and passions in the different spheres of society to advance the kingdom everywhere. And our last series we called Reset as we talk to different people about what we feel, what they feel uh, we need to kind of reset to get going again after the COVID-19 first three lockdowns. And some of the overwhelming um, feedback that we got from people was, oh, I can't believe we've got to reset again. It it feels like um, we're tired Uh, We're not sure if we're ready to go again. Uh, We feel like we need a bit of a rest after all of this. Um, It's felt traumatic. It's felt quite full of anxiety. We've had to get used to loads of changes. And so we thought we'd do uh, this next series on recharge. And today we were talking to the wonderful Dan and Joe Hargreaves, who live in Lincoln, Um, a couple who are very different, but absolutely amazing team as they work together uh, and also working in different areas and different spheres. Uh, We chat to them about recharging, what they need to recharge, uh, what they do to recharge according to their personality and according to different seasons of life and I'm really excited about this episode. I think it was a great uh, great fun as we sat together, had a glass of wine, uh, chatted in the evening sunshine and um, exchanged ideas on the importance of recharging so that we can go again to advance the kingdom everywhere. This is Dan and Joe uh, chatting to me and Katie about recharging. Dan and Joe, thanks for having us in your oh, kitchen. It's great to be here. And uh, we thought it'd be really fun if you guys could introduce each other. So, um, <laughs> have we planned for this? So, uh, I'd love you to tell us. So, uh, Dan, you can kick off. Tell us, tell us who Joe is. Uh, tell us about her, what she's brilliant at, and um, also we'd love you to include what her favourite cheese is. Oh wow! It might have to be dairy free. I don't yeah. know. And what her favourite tipple is. So. This is where I really should have looked at the text that you sent me. <laughs> I think spontaneous is much better. <laughs> well, this is my wonderful wife, Joanna Lee's Crowder. Uh, we've been That's married. Not my name. Though. Yeah, no, that was where we met. Okay. <laughs> so um, we have been married twelve years. Uh, she's now Joanna Hargreaves. And I knew from the moment that I saw her, she was going to be my wife. Oh, you did. Within 10 seconds of the uh, the meeting. Uh, she's very passionate about her family. She's very passionate about learning. She puts me to shame with how many books and how much reading and research she does. She comes alive. She's a confident introvert. So she's very happy around people, but she's also very content and happy in her own space. I'm so proud of her. She's uh, just coming towards finishing her therapy, uh, level five. And I'm so proud of her. She worked so hard on it, doing 100 hours, 
client hours. She's so much fun. We have probably the sense of humour is the the way that we connect most, isn't it? She's very funny. I'm very pleased that she's taken up some open water swimming. People Ooh. might not know she's really got into that recently. Um, and she is a wonderful wife and a great, great mother. Great. And favourite tipple and favourite cheese? Tipple? Oh, well, she likes a G&T. I think we all know that, don't we, around the table? Uh, so, yeah, she likes a G&T. <laughs> she's been very quiet. This is, feels a bit weird. Um, I guess her favourite cheese would be baked camembert. Mm. I would probably say that. I don't know if I'm right on that. With a little bit of rosemary in the baked camembert. Mm, yeah, I do like baked camembert. I'm just... A really poor vegan basically because I know I'm dairy free apart from when I eat cheese and chocolate um uh so yeah I bake camembert or goat's cheese I do remember yes, saying to you cheese, yeah. when I'd had our first son can you just bring me a big thing of goat's cheese um afterwards and that's oh, wow. it. yeah that was like yeah. did I do it I can't no, remember no my mum did oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah my mum did it uh, so yeah thanks for the intro that's nice was that alright yeah, that was, was a great intro I feel like he set you intro. up now Joe. you're it under has. pressure yeah. <laughs> yeah okay shall I go go yeah. okay so this is Dan Daniel James Hargreaves he is a southerner um but has lived in Lincoln for the last 20 plus years so he's still got a southern accent he is the extrovert to my introvert and um again funny full of capacity got um a credibly high capacity person which is interesting as we talk about rest um juggles lots of things so amazing leader really loves people very balanced so often people assume that um i'm the one that keeps him balanced in the relationship that's not true at all it's absolutely the other way around so dan's very balanced very steady um and manages to do a lot of things so hot i'm drink he's having a sip of wine now and he, he drinks with his pinky finger up so that's another that's <laughs> dan hard reasoning add a bit of class this establishment <laughs> um amazing dad great wife <laughs> great don't husband. tell them all our secrets I'm, I'm herbal tea as well i'm not even drinking wine um great dad great husband um entrepreneur very gifted loosely um no real entrepreneur got a real business heart but always with a heart for people so always to connect with people to love people and i think the dan hargreaves phrase that i love the most in the world is see the gold in people and i see that he does that he does that at home with me and the boys but also with everyone we meet so um yeah that's dan and favorite cheese i would say is every christmas i have to make sure that i get wensleydale with cranberries in it is that right yeah and i think you like that with a pale ale as you've got a bit older you like a good ipa yeah. and a glass of red wine mm. or a corona Oh, no, not Corona. No. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Or no, probably an IPA is what I'd say. So yeah, a Wensleydale with an IPA. Grommet. Does that, does that go together? Wensleydale. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. not a massive cheese fan, am I? Apart from cheese and pickle sardines most days. Oh yeah, yeah. Standard cheddar as well. Dan's like a standard cheddar, um, vanilla ice cream type of guy. So. <laughs> oh, you've already sold me there to everyone watching. No, no, you're yeah, like, so like, interested in what we're going to say. Apart from the Christmas where you mix it up with the Wednesday Dale and Grand Once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That's nice. Thanks, guys. Um, and we're uh, talking about recharging, but the reason we're talking about recharging is because we believe that every person who's made in the image of God has got some brilliant stuff to bring to the world. And so uh, we want to talk about your calling first before we talk about how you recharge. So talk to us, tell us um, what you believe God's made you for, like individuals as a couple, um, and uh, like how did you discover that? 
So uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do uh, in that. But when do you feel most alive? When do you know that God's uh, put something in you that is of use and value to the world? Such a great question. I think what brings me most alive is when I see the church going out to the people. You know, being that bridge, being that gap. That was my heart when I uh, came back really from travelling. And I had this dream of like, I went out to Canada, saw some great stuff that they were doing. And God very clearly spoke to me. He said, don't moan about the church. You are the church. Don't moan that the church, and my perception that the church weren't doing anything out there. It's like, you are the church. What are you doing about it? And I think that heartbeat to bridge the church into the community. For those who might know, set up a youth project called Energize. And it was basically taking footballs onto an estate. And it just snowboarded and I loved it because you could get pe- meet young people where they were from, their backgrounds, you know, rough areas, vulnerable areas and seeing, seeing the best in them and speaking life and goodness and gold in them and saying that the church cared about them and how could we introduce them to Jesus on their terms. So I think I always come alive when we're motivating the church, inspiring the church to get out into the community in whatever area. I think that's what I always love. I love Obviously, our new model at Alive Church, for those who might know, going into communities and that empowering people, seeing people step up to God's call them to. So I guess that's what brings me alive mostly. Yeah, and I think it's probably the people um, where's the, the overlap. So you love being around people. You get really energised. I really love people, but not always in person. <laughs> um, so I love um, writing, connecting with people. I found lockdown quite easy in that sense of I've still felt the same sense of connection to people as I would if I'd met them. I found it, um, even if I hadn't seen people, I know, Joy, with you, I went quite a long time without seeing you, but we were connected like nearly every day. And so I there felt, therefore felt connected, even if it was just electronically. Um so, yeah, I think um, definitely the people. Like, uh, there's this writer who says, I love people, um, as in, I'd die for you, but I wouldn't meet you for coffee. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, I'd do anything for you, but it's hard for me to talk to you on the phone. You yeah. know? So I think probably the common denominator between us is that we genuinely love people, but maybe it looks different how we, how we work that out. Yeah, so um, talk to us about your, like, what about the people? Like, what is it that you feel God's put inside you as a gift for people? Um, again, I think there's a common denominator between us is seeing uh, the Dan phrase I used earlier, seeing the gold, like seeing everything, who they are, who they could be, um, that full of potential, full of gifts. I think it's that. And so I really like the, um, I've written about it before, about the benediction of me too, <coughs> be, um, being able to say to someone, um, you're not alone in that. You're not the only one who's been through that. And again, that kind of human connection. Um, so I, I like that. I like making a human connection, just not always in person. <laughs> and I think a phrase I've often used is the combination punch of the kingdom. Some of you and I think that made up of three things. A desire for people, a desire to see God's kingdom come, a skill set, um, which is developing, seeing the best in people, and then power, which is the Holy Spirit. And for me, I think that's why me and Joe work so well. I'm quite matter of fact that, yeah, God will sort out in faith. You just pray it and it will all change. Whereas what I've learning is that Joe, with her therapy and with her background and how can we actually see genuine change? How can we learn about what happened in people's childhood, the child trauma, and how can we actually use the Holy Spirit to develop that? And that's why I call it a combination punch of the kingdom because it's skill and power working together. So the skill of bringing out people's child trauma, how we can work with that 
filled with the Holy Spirit to go out there and do God's kingdom and pick it up and start again. So I think that's why we work well and that's what we believe in people. It's not just one answer. It might be right, yes, you pray the Holy Spirit powers people and there's a, 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 an amazing change in people or whether you just develop and that discipleship, that slow process of, of seeing how people can change from the inside out. Yeah, but not assuming that everyone has childhood trauma. <laughs> no, we're, yeah. but we're not assuming <laughs> that. We're just saying, like, whatever stuff you have, yeah. you know, and we all have stuff, yeah. Yeah. Love that. And today we're kind of, um, I guess, like like Joy said, this series that we're doing at the moment is around recharging, resetting. And when we were first thinking about kind of how we were going to look at this series, we were going to call it the rest, I think, we, weren't we? We were going to call it rest. But then we were thinking, actually, rest is maybe suggesting um, kind of the people recharge in a specific way. But actually, for a lot of us, we rest and we recharge into whatever is it is that we're doing very differently um so i'd love to hear just from both of you kind of how do you rest or recharge so that you're ready to take on the kind of the things that you feel like god's called you into mm, really differently and we've had to kind of work with that haven't we of, of how that works together um so for me it's silence solitude stillness quiet so if i've got a day to rest i um Say if I've got an appointment on that day, I'm like, no, this can't be my day to rest because I'm doing something. I need to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say silence, solitude and stillness, which in a house of high energy extroverted boys, we've just had to kind of <laughs> juggle a bit of what that looks like, um, how that outworks. But, yeah, very differently to you, Dan. Just before Dan goes, can I just um, like dig into that a little mm. bit? Just because... I think I'm, if I'm more like anyone around the table, I'm more like Dan. Yeah. I'm really interested for those people who might be listening who can't or are really just intrigued. What does, what happens when you're silent? <laughs> you're on your own. What do you do? Can you just like explain it? Like mm. um, just for those people that might find that um, just intriguing, but also would like to try it but don't know how to yeah okay so I'd say for me the whole three go together so I wouldn't go and sit in a really busy place and just be silent myself I'd want to be physically still and um, so I'd often like position myself in the garden or somewhere in the house um, cozy blanket tea candles um, and that I guess it's physically still but also mentally still I don't want to be going round and I'm kind of processing and working things but not at a frantic level it's a guess it's a bit more somebody used this really good phrase the other day um, it was about prayer but I, I see I think it probably um, works for this it's like a marinating not a microwaving like it's not a quick <laughs> yeah. fast process it's like a just let everything settle and I think for me like being around lots of people, busy weeks is a bit like sand in a jar, everything gets shaken up and it's my opportunity just to let it all settle down again mm. and that's how I can recharge and then be the best version of myself mm. to go back out into the world because mm. um, I'm quite happy just sitting in my head. Um, yeah. So, so what happens when stuff comes up in your head that you feel like you want to do something about? What would you do with that? And um, what? Okay, what's so something that means I need to be action orientated? Yeah, or even just if you're thinking about things... As you're being still, how do you park stuff so that you can carry on being still? Well, I wouldn't say I um, wouldn't say it's like this really kind of deep spiritual practice actually of like I'm sat meditating and have to be really still. I can be 
I could actually just be pottering around or like cleaning my kitchen, you know, pottering around the house, going for a walk maybe. Um, so actually maybe not always physically still, like I said. But I think um, for me, I guess it's just kind of noticing that. I might even write a list down, um, write a list, journal it out. And I guess it's kind of, um, I know you've read this book, book joy by um gordon mcdonald ordering your private world yeah and um it's kind of that it's an ordering of my inner world so whether that means writing um journaling praying it out um and it may yeah i i I find it quite easy to do but i Mm. guess it's quite a foreign concept to somebody that's really action orientated Mm. and really i'm not really so it feels quite comfortable for me to do that i'm interested as well whether has it because you the way that you describe it like you you seem quite kind of um knowledgeable of yourself in terms of what you need to find the still and the rest in terms of um you know like I need time I need space on my own has that taken you a while to get to that place where you've come to realize that for yourself has it been a process or have you always been kind of aware of that that's such a good question absolutely a process because there was a time in my early 20s where where I was probably a bit more like Dan in terms of being out every night being really sociable but I think I probably realized that actually ended up at some point causing me some level of stress or worry or tension and realizing that actually if I was it it would deplete me and Mm. I didn't so it it has definitely been a process of realizing if I want to be restored recreation recreation for me is silence solitude and stillness yeah. um but definitely a process yeah, yeah of knowing myself I think yeah because I think for myself I've I've only really started to explore it and think about it a bit more since lockdown mm. like since I've had actual time on my own where I've been forced into time on my own whereas usually like I see myself as an extrovert and therefore I just think yeah people I need I need to be around people all the time but actually from going through lockdown I've really benefited from time on my own and I don't know whether like you've learned things through the last 18 months that have added to that or yeah probably actually I think I had a a bit of an under a pretty good understanding of it but I think it's maybe giving people a bit more permission because the world is quite built on hustle hustle go go Um, it's not that there isn't much rhetoric or narrative around stillness silent solitude you kind of just think about monks meditation like (laughs) it's not really well integrated into our everyday life is it um so I think it probably gave people permission to Mm. to do it to stop because we had to there was no other alternative and maybe some people have realized oh this is what I need or maybe that's why I have been feeling so stressed or worried or you know a bit frazzled because I haven't made time for that yeah yeah cool thanks Joe. what about you then Dan well, it's interesting because you started the conversation, great question from Katie, about how do you rest to get the best out of your week, I think, or to get action. So I certainly come alive. This is why we're so different. I certainly come alive when there's action. And I've had to wrestle with that quite a bit and worked out is my identity and what I do because I love being busy. And often in this time of lockdown, the focus, and we've all read the book, certainly the elimination of hurry, hustle, I kind of like the hurry, I like the hustle, and I'm thinking, right, where's my identity? Is it in the hurry and the hustle and the achievement, or is my identity in Christ? And I'm happy that it is in Christ. Yeah, I still like that way of thinking where I'm on it. And I think for me, you rest to go for it for the kingdom. 
you know, you, you, you're going for the potential, you're going for the opportunity. So I've got to think, for me, actually being silent is is a real challenge. And we have practiced it. I think when we first started a Sabbath, we hadn't really practiced that Sabbath, and it was on a Monday, and we used to have some nice brunches together, which was brilliant, spending time together. And I really valued that. That was a great time for connection for me and Joe personally. And I... Now, obviously, Joe's doing lots of, she's doing, um, you know, kind of like um, a college course on a Monday. So that's tend to be where I take my. So I've, I've had to find things that are going to kind of replenish me, ready to attack the week. And I think for me, like, the worst thing to do would be sitting down and just kind of like thinking in my own thoughts too much. I do have times, I, I, I tended to do days away. I've done them quite a bit over the over the years where I've gone for a, a walk or like gone to the beach for a day to particularly when I, I've got a season where I really need to hear God and say right where are we going what's new you know um, over over the years but I would hear God and I would rest by doing some activity yeah. by running I love my golf maybe I'm just getting old about that <laughs> but I, I just you know and it's a connection I've got a few friends that I play with on a Monday and that it's a great Sabbath I feel alive and, I've got, and I don't feel guilty. Initially, I was feeling guilty about yeah. that. But actually, that brings me alive. Because yeah. I want to be the best I can for the kingdom of God. So that's been really kind of like helpful, knowing that actually my rest is good connection with people. It is activity-based, so I like doing that. And I feel quite, you know, kind of like secure in that moving forward. Yeah. So again, for you, it sounds like it's been a bit of a journey, like going through this thing of... Um, you know, because I think within our our culture, there's been quite a big focus on rest and Sabbath and the importance yeah. of it. So it's really interesting to hear that process where you've gone through feelings of guilt, like should I be just sitting yeah. and physically just being silent? But yeah. so talk us through a bit, a, a little bit more around how you kind of came to the realization that you can be comfortable in actually doing is still finding rest. Yeah, I think it's been a mindset for me, a big mindset shift. So so Joe would feel, wouldn't feel guilty at all. And, and not just she should, a restful, that is right, that's God's commandment. But I did, I found it, because I'm driven, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm high on achievement, so I do like to achieve things. And I was thinking, is that wrong? Like uh, what I've mentioned. So it was hard for me to Sabbath, it was hard for me to rest. Mm-hmm. And I had to re- reset and I think it's really helpful hearing that your Sabbath's enjoyment, time with God. What do you enjoy? Yeah. How do you spend time with God that's going to be like, yes, I'm set up now to do build for his kingdom. So I think for me, it's definitely been a learning curve. It's definitely been um, an area that I've struggled with and felt guilty about if I take time off. And my mind, I quite like lots of things going on in my mind. And I do like balancing and thinking about different things. I love dreaming. And I love my mind to be quite active. Um, so I've, all, I've always been like that. I'm very twitchy, aren't I, around the house. And I tend to, if, if we're in for a bit, I would tend to get not bored, but twitchy, like I want to do something now, because that generally brings me alive. So how did you guys kind of deal with that <laughs> through lockdown? Was that, or how did, how did you kind of deal with that as a family? Because like, Joe, you've got this season where you're kind of, Actually, this is really quite fulfilling in terms of you. It's finally giving you what you maybe needed for quite a long time. But then, Dan, almost the opposite is happening to you. 
<laughs> did feel that, but actually, I, if I'm really honest, we're a really good team, I think, because also, for all my silence and solitude chat, I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, so um, that kind of scuppers that most of the time, because they're not really into that. Um, so we just came up with a really good routine, and I think, if, if I'm... I think it's true to say we just work well as a team, don't we? Yeah. So um, we just had a great routine. So in the morning when we were homeschooling, I'd do some homeschooling with kids, do the baking, creative stuff. We've had a great time. Then we'd always have lunch together. Dan would have his cheese and pickle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then Dan would take the boys out on an adventure um, when we were allowed to go out. And, um, and I'd get some time, time. to just rest and recharge so mm. Dan got the morning to be able to do be action orientated do what he needed to do and then we switched and I think I think that's probably been I remember when th- this was before we had kids but I remember there being a moment we were on holiday in Portugal and I remember Dan used to just want to get up early in the morning he used to want to get up get out go to the beach and I remember we had this moment of realization where I was like I can he can go to the beach and I can stay in bed or get ready slowly I didn't really want to stay in bed I just wanted to get ready slowly and Dan used to go out, and I remember thinking, oh, we don't have to do the same thing. Like, we can work differently, um, but also together. And that's like a weird, weird kind of turning point for me. It's been t- certainly a learning curve within our marriage, and a healthy one. But now we know we're at a position where, like, Joe will go out from a morning walk before, you know, like, even sometimes before the kids are up. And then I'll do a little bit of that with the kids and then obviously we turn around and we do work really well together and I've had to learn because it doesn't come naturally you know so I thought everybody just wants people around all the time they want to be loud they (laughs) want to be active they want to be and I think our kind of churches like vision driven churches Mm. are like that aren't they we all we'd all say you know without the without vision people perish we all want to achieve stuff so we're all high energy a lot of the time so I've had to learn that that's not how everyone wants to connect with God connect with church and it's been so helpful seeing Joe in this and I just think <laughs> I always say you know when people go into the swimming pool they've got to enter the shallow end which is generally me but then they need the deeper place to swim which is generally Joe so we work really well as a team together on that and and we, we're pretty happy with that aren't we you I know? think we are and I reckon going back to what we said at the beginning if our common denominator is seeing the golden people you've got to do that at home haven't you like be able to see it with your closest people as well and I'm like oh this is all the good stuff in Dan how can I nurture that and I feel like you really do that for me. So, yeah, but, it, but it's been 12 years of learning yeah. and arguments and yeah. falling out and you don't... Rest- I remember I used to get in the car with Dan and be like, just 10 minutes silence, don't talk to me for 10 minutes. <laughs> and then um, we, like, it kind of jarred and grated for a bit until it, like, got into a bit of a flow of, like, okay, this is how we can... Now it's together. two hours of silence. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk rest. to me for two hours. <laughs> that never happens. So <laughs> you can't keep quiet for two hours. <laughs> so We've learned to appreciate each other in that as well. And, you know, I, Joe knows. Sometimes Joe just go, she'd just say, go out for a run. Go and hang out with your mates. You know, she knows that I'm twitchy. And likewise, I know when Joe, and it's so, you know, Joe's writing over this lockdown has been really yeah. inspiring. I yeah. think it's touched so many people's lives and, and knowing that that's a real gift and she's mm. really fulfilled in her calling. And I, I love that. You know, it's, it's really special. And, um, you know, I really see God doing great things with that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Thanks, guys. Um, 
when we're talking about like the things that you love doing, John Mark Comer says um, Sabbath is uh, creating a Sabbath is creating the best day ever. Mm. So could you describe uh, what your best day ever would be? You could include like the things you do, like the place you go, the food you eat. Like what would be your best day? Do we have to be together or can we be on our own? <laughs> it can be. It's got to be your best day. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. If you don't want him in your best day, leave him out. <laughs> careful though. Careful. <laughs> Me and Joe, when we came together, it was adventure. We both really like travelling, and and I think that's been so such a, a dream of ours. Our kids like travelling, going on adventures. We love days away. So when the kids are in the car and we're going somewhere with excitement, that always feels really special, doesn't it? I know everyone loves holidays, but that's a really good time for us, isn't it? When we're spending quality time in the car together as a family, but knowing that we're going to do something at the end of it. So, but that's not a day. That was kind of like it. So your day, Dan. But would that would your day? If you kind of got up in the morning, would it be like right today? I'm going out with my family. Adventure day. Yeah, for half the day, and then. Okay, (laughs) Okay. talk us through the next. Well, like I love, like you know, for me, you know, I tend to try and have a Sabbath on a Monday. You know, I play football every Monday night. That for me recharges. You know, now I'm getting a bit older, get a few injuries, but you know, I don't feel it on the Tuesday. But I know that I feel refreshed playing footy with my mates. You know, I've talked about going out and golfing, doing some sports. You know, adventuring for me is, is, yeah, what brings me alive. It really does. Yeah, so I'd say the same. Like, I know I've said about being on my own, but I think I couldn't, I don't think I could feasibly say my ideal day would just exclude my family. So you'll be, you can be included. Um, So yeah, adventure, good food, um, but there would be, they'd built into my day, oh, some swimming, but built into Mm -hmm. my day would have to just be a little bit of time to, because again, it's that, it's that like glass jar full of water and sand, like a busy day makes all of that kind of, shake it up shake up for me and I just need some time in the day for it to settle whatever that is even if it's like going for a quick swim going for a walk sitting down for half an hour and writing or reading um so yeah I think it would have different elements in it but definitely food adventure and some time for quiet that's good Mm. I love that um picture of the glass jar and Mm. the um shaking it up and then just allowing it to settle it's really good when we're thinking about um the value of recharging um and both of you like we've not talked loads about it but both of you are church pastors and um and love the people in your church and building really good culture um what would you say is the value or the importance of rest for the church for the body of christ in general why would you say it's important um well for me it would be following jesus the church is the body of christ and the people are followers of jesus aren't we disciples and i think he i love that he rested i love that he walked i love that sometimes he took his disciples and basically said let's run away from all these people let's just kind of go on a boat so we don't have to see all of these other people and i think for me it feels really biblical um to rest for me, again, going back to the analogy of the sand in the jar, um, I get my perspective when I rest and I think there's something about we can get caught up in the world's way of doing things, whereas I think that rest, whatever that looks like for you, gives you the opportunity to tune into the kingdom again and to get Jesus' perspective again. Um, so that's why I'd say, for me, as a follower of Jesus, you simply follow what he does and he did that. So that's why it's important. We did, it. We did a talk, I did a talk once called uh, Mountains, Boats and dinner parties, dinner parties. And modeling on jesus what he did that he was always climbing a mountain it seems he was always out on a boat fishing he was always 
eating with his friends and he was always having dinner parties. And I think I've seen that with the church when there is that rest or, you know, we've done loads of camping trips with the guys and kind of guys days away. You see the guys recharge as they're having healthy conversation. And I love that. I do feel real calling for guys, you know, to step up for the kingdom of God. And I think when you go out on a mountain and you walk up a mountain, it gives you perspective, mm. but healthy conversations just recharges people. So I think it, it's really important, the rest. And you've got to, you've got to know how you get your rest the best. Um, and I think it's so countercultural, isn't it, you know, to, to what the world's saying. And particularly with guys as well, they don't have a chance, opportunity to chat with each other. When you climb outside the mountain, you can have that great conversation that is different from from you know just hanging out with your mates down a pub mm, yeah that's really good and so if you you know when we're listening to you guys it really feels like you've done a lot of hard work reflecting on yourselves mm. you've like learned about each other you've done like bashing it all around trying mm. to work out how you do that together and um, but also you know what you're called to um what would you say to people listening who are kind of listening and thinking my life feels like i'm on a treadmill and i don't know if i really know <laughs> Like what I'm called to, like what would be the first couple of steps that you could encourage people in? Oh, it's a great question. I, I am, we're, we're both pretty good at just giving things a go. I mean that in a reverent way. So I think so many, it's one of my pet hates has been in lockdown as you, you, everyone's become a social commentator. Everyone's got an opinion on everything. I tend to be listening to people who are actually doing it and making things happen. I'm, I'm, I'm getting over that stage where people are, uh, throwing from the cheap seats but not actually giving it a go so if you haven't planted a church why have you got so many comments on what it's like to be leading a church if you're not doing it I, I really admire people who give it a go and I think there's a reverence you know not to be harping onto when we started Energize, but it was took a bag of footballs onto a field and I was like right 100 kids turning up within within the week and it was there's a sense that you give things a go you try something and then God will open doors from you I, I think over process is killing the church a bit you know wondering like oh am I called to do this we all know what we're called to do <laughs> you know build the kingdom of God and yes that looks different for people but you've got to get on and have it a go and I think it's a mindset and an attitude, uh, a lot of you know, and uh, that I do run an inflatables business. This is not plugging it at all. But why do I run the inflatable business? It's connection with people. So I was, I was saying to you, Joe, well, no, uh, out of the deliveries, eight out of ten, I will share a God story with them. Yeah, great. And that's my aim. That's my motive. Yes, it's nice to make a few quid. It's good to help churches and it's good to help people, you know, and connect with them for the community fund days and all of that. But my aim is to start a God conversation, you know, and I think that's what I love doing. And, you know, I always say, oh, this isn't my real job. You know, it's, you have a little bit of chit chat. Oh, this is my real job. So, oh, what, do you, what do you do? So I always get him to guess, which is always a good game. <laughs> I often go, oh, I hate this guessing game. And then you get on to, yeah, I'm an inspirer, I'm a motivator. And then, oh, that sounds really good. Oh, yeah, I lead a church. All oh, right. <laughs> you know, but that's my the heartbeat. So my, my advice to anyone reflecting is, have a go, know your skill set, know what you're good at, but don't be frightened to give something a go uh, and see what God does with it. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I, I agree. I think what makes you come alive, but like you said, Joy, sometimes it's like some kind of 
in deep introspective work about and thought around who you are and really what your values are because often we can build our whole lives based on somebody else's values that we inherited or that we think are a good idea and never really do the deep work to like do that jumble sale of which ones do we want to get rid of which ones do we want to keep um because often we yeah we build a life according to other people's values and I think it's important to stop and do that work of what really is ours what really are our values and ask mm. ourselves that question um, and also like you said not to overcomplicate it too much in the sense of how do you find it easy to love people Dan finds it easy to love people by going out doing acts of service in, t- in terms of like face to face meeting a need that way whereas I prefer to do it in a more reserved maybe um by writing or communicating in a different way um so i think the goal is to love people well isn't it and it's kind of finding out how do you do that and Mm. that lovely that just beautiful intersection about uh, around what builds your faith and what makes you come alive Mm. where do you feel like where do you does your love for god come alive and where do you you know your love for people come alive and that Mm. just beautiful intersection that i think when you're in your calling you're kind of in that Mm. I think people are worn out. One of the ways that people are worn out with vision as churches, our style of churches, we're always on about the vision, aren't we? The big. And what happens when sometimes we haven't achieved that? I think people are worn out from that. And that's why I love the value set of saying, hey, what's my value? How can I do it quite simply and see what God does with it? Because if God's in it, he will enlarge it. But it will become really natural to you. So I think... I think there is a bit of an epidemic of people being worn out. That's why you're hearing a lot of people uh, uh, slowly coming back uh, just to the services. We all know where the church, the walls are down and we're doing everything all the time, but even serving. And I think it's like, what's, what's your value set? Like you say, how can you, what brings you alive? And not be too proud, of, but be humble in it and just say like, like let's give something a go. I'm, and it is a time for innovation. We set up two new businesses in this time. And like we've really enjoyed it. That's been an opportunity. And I'm seeing what God does with it. We've got a coffee trailer and a hot tub business. And it's been fun, but they're all access points and vehicles to see the kingdom of God extend and build. So you can do anything. And if your heart's right and you've got that mindset and that attitude to win people to Christ and, you know, spread the good news, then whatever you do, it's for the kingdom, isn't it? So I've got one last question, Joe. When you were talking then, you just said kind of there's an importance in, for a lot of us, you know, we, we might end up doing whatever we're doing because we've just fallen into it or we've taken somebody else's values. But then you said sometimes it's about just stopping. And I think, like, you know, obviously today we're talking about rest and recharging. And do you think it is kind of taking that moment to just stop and rest and spend a moment and just thinking about, what am I doing? What is my purpose? Do you think that comes from a place of rest often? Yeah. Yeah, whatever that looks like. I don't think your rest has to look a certain way. I think we've established that. So whether it's going for a run, being around people, being quiet, I, I do. I do because... Um, I think that gives you time for reflection because yeah you don't want to you don't want to live somebody else's life or somebody else's values like we said and I think often we don't even realize that without doing a little bit of reflection and work so yeah I do think yeah I think rest is is incredibly important and um 
often not saying that everyone runs away. I don't think we um, are running away from stuff necessarily, but often we do have to face some stuff and edit um, some stuff that might have made its way into our lives that we don't want there anymore, that we want to move on from and... Mm. um, or change. I love that idea of the jumble sale. I think it was this woman called Phyllis Tickle who walked, talked about the holy jumble sale where, you know, every so often the church needs to work out what does it need to chuck out, what does it need to recycle and what does it need to keep because it's precious. And I think we can do that with our own lives is just edit it. Like, what do I need to chuck out? What do mm. I need to keep? And what needs a bit of a recycle or upcycle? And that for me helps me then move forward with some vision. That, that's helped in this. In, by the way, Phyllis Tickle, are you yeah, sure yeah. that's her name? Or is no, that? that's her name. That's a cartoon character. That's that's brilliant. Speak of her respectfully. I will, yeah. But she's yeah, an amazing theologian, amazing woman. But that is in this resetting, it has been priorities, hasn't it? Everyone's saying that, and they simplify your priorities. So as you've reset, what are the things that God is really saying? You go for that and you run with that. And I think we've done that really well as a live church. Obviously, as a team, we've come together as a one church. We've got many locations. And actually seeing people's skill set has been really evident in this time. So I'll big up my great mate Jonas Isles, a lot of you know Jonas, who's really, he's a teacher. And he's come alive with his teaching in this season. And I think that's his priority. And that's where he's most effective. That's where he's focused in there. And I, I, I love that thought that as we have reset, it's that simplify. It's that, right, what are our priorities moving forward? And I think everyone's done that, haven't they? Uh, to reflect on that, saying, right, what's really important? What am I good at? How am I going to do the best for the kingdom? Amazing. Thanks so much, guys. So we've, I feel like we've covered quite a lot of gap ground. Uh, simplifying, finding out what our priorities are, the things that we're really good at, the intersection where you come alive, what builds your faith, and how you love people the most. I love how all the way through, actually, there's been a really beautiful thread of you guys living to love other people and serve other people. And whatever job we're doing, we can do that, can't we? Like, yeah, if we're right. like a bin woman yeah. <laughs> or a yeah. um, policeman, we can love people, or a pastor or a teacher. or So, yeah, and then um, the, the just the really, I think, quite dreamy mix between you guys of let's just give it a go in action and uh, just get stuck in with also the reflection and introspective work of what are our values and it's just I think it's a really kingdom combination and um, you guys are such a gift to us and to the Grand Level Network and uh, to me as well so let's uh, cheers to the Hargreaves thanks very much for the Wonderful and inspirational chat with the brilliant Dan and Joe Hargreaves. You've been listening to the Exchange podcast with Joy and Katie. Uh, join us next time as we exchange ideas with other inspirational, ordinary people to advance the kingdom everywhere.